welcome to Adam's Rib. It is our goal to uplift, encourage, and guide women in becoming the person that God intended for us to be. We believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died for our sins and rose again so that we could have eternal life. We want to guide you in figuring out God's purpose for your life. No subject is off limits here. We are Adam's Rib, and here we go. Hey, I'm Jessica. And I'm Lindsay. And welcome back to Adam's Rib, episode 84. It's, it's a new year. It's a new year. Woo. Whoa. Whoa. It's 2017. Oh, oh, boy. Man. Oh, boy. So I'm excited today. We have a very amazing special guest here with us today, Prophet Kim Kidd. Thank you so welcome. much for joining us Glad today. Glad to be here. Um, this episode, we titled it No Longer Bound. Right? Did I say that? Mm-hmm. I said that right. Okay. Um, and so we're really excited to have Prophetess Kim here um, to share her story. Um, before we get too far into it, I'm just going to read a little background about her. Um, she is a woman of first. She was the first and only woman to receive a habitual sentence in the state of Indiana. And she was the first and only woman to be granted clemency by a uh, governor in the state of Indiana as well. Um, she was given a 38-year sentence plus four for dealing in cocaine in 1991. Um, she served 13 years before being granted clemency by Governor Mitch Daniels, who had just taken office. Prior to being granted clemency, in February of 2006, she was sitting on her bed in a cell when she heard the Spirit of the Lord speak to her. He said her release was going to be unprecedented and it would be a a landslide decision at that point she had not filed for clemency and had no idea what the lord was speaking to her about but she took him at his word kim did not even know what the word unprecedented even meant at the time she later found out it was something that had not been done before when she was granted clemency the speaker for the parole board stated history is being made here today Since her release, she has earned both a bachelor's degree in business administration as well as an MBA in business management, graduating with high honors. Wow. I know, right? That's amazing. (laughs) That is amazing. And today, Kim continues to volunteer in the prisons and um, is finishing her book reflecting her life's journey and most recently has felt called to develop and offer intercessor training for those being called to a closer relationship with God. Wow. We have an amazing woman right. in here with us. Come on. We got. Praise Jesus. We got a real, <laughs> real live testimony up in here. I'm excited. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. I just, how how are you here? Right. I mean, let's, let's just jump into how, just based off of what it was, 38 years? Yeah. Right. That, that was your sentence, sentence, right? Right. 38 years? 42. For, 42 oh. total. Right. Wow. Wow. So, and you served 13 of those years. Served 13, mm-hmm. was supposed to come home in 2014, came home in 2006. Mm-hmm. Come on. That's, wow. Wow. Okay. So I'm going to start with, we're going to go into the back stuff of how it was in prison, but how are you here? <laughs> I mean, NBA, just, right. just, just tell me, girl. Okay. <laughs> so basically, um, you kind of said it all that, you know, God just spoke to me. And said, you know, that my release would be unprecedented. And really backing up, let's re- let's back up the tape, right? Yeah. So um, while sitting in jail, before I even got the sentence, I had got down on my knees and I asked the Lord to do something with my life, right? Mm. Being raised in church all my life and had just taken a lot of wrong turns. Mm. And so... 
Um, but I realized being raised in church don't make you church. Come right. on. It Come does on. not make no, us saved. No, you know, we, we just, we just hellions going to church, That's right? right. That's right. That's but, but the Bible does tell us if we train up a child in the way they should go, when they old, you won't depart from it, mm-hmm. right? right. Mm-hmm. So while I'm sitting there, and actually I was facing 50 years. Wow. That was the original sentence. Mm. The, how old were you when, I'm sorry, how old were you when you got the sentence and when you went? 30. Okay. You were 30 years old? I was 30 years old. Okay. And so um, I remembered, I just started remembering while being in that jail cell, all those times of being in church with my grandmother, always loved to pray. Even as a hellion, I used to go to prayer with my grandmother. I would stop what I was doing and go to 6.30 p.m. prayer. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so um, I just got down on my knees and I asked the Lord to do something with my life. Mm. And I remember praying one night. And it was in 1991, and I just was crying out to God, and I heard the sound of a rushing mighty wind come Mm. through my cell, and it Mm. said, shh, just like that. And I began to speak in another language. Mm. Wow. There was no windows. I'm in this dirty two-by-four whatever cell, and there was a newspaper in my room, and it literally shot across the floor. Wow. And I began to speak in another language, mm-hmm. and my whole life changed that day. Wow. This, and wow. I'll never forget, it was December 3rd, 1991, 3.30 p.m. Never Come forget on. it. So can you say that's when you feel like you were reborn? I was day? reborn. Okay. I yeah. was reborn. I used to be so horrible. I mean, the guards wouldn't even come in my cell mm-hmm. because I cussed them to filth. Mm-hmm. I mean, they we, you was allowed to have one blanket. I would have four or five. Yeah. And but they would not come in there and take it. But when God changed me, then they start tormenting me because mm-hmm. literally, what the Lord did. I'm in Lafayette, Indiana, and so it's basically a white town. So I'm the only black person in the jail, right? Right, right. So I'm the only black person in there. And so what the Lord did, the whole jail was emptied out. All women was emptied out, and it was just me. And so I'm in my mind, I'm thinking, and they used to come by and beat on my door. And and so God didn't change me, so I quit cussing them out. Right. <laughs> so, and I'm like, oh, whatever. And I just go on back to sleep, right? Yeah. Well... I'm thinking in my mind, I'm going to cuss all these people out from the captain on down. I'm not going to eat this food. Right. 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 Okay. I don't well, want them spitting in my food. Yeah. They don't have to wonder <laughs> whose tray it is because yeah. I'm the only one in here. Right. right. And it's really unprecedented for a jail to be empty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So right. you know that was something miraculous that yeah. took place. Yes. And so that was my first 40-day fast. Mm, wow. I just drunk all liquids. I would drink wow. nothing. Now, now, you know I was crazy because <laughs> they could have spit in the tea, right? <laughs> Look, okay. <Yeah>. Right? <laughs> so I'm, I'm drinking the tea, and so there was one lady in the jail I liked. Her name was Dee. She was to cook, and my aunt at the time, I was raised in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, by my mom's sister, and she was dying from breast cancer. Mm. And so she, Dee had breast cancer, so I related to her. Yeah. So they sent her in there one day, and she it was Thanksgiving, and she said, would you eat? And I said, if you eat with me, mm. right, because I was going to do a switcheroo on the trade, right? <laughs> So, but as God would have it, my 40 days was not up yet. So she was supposed to come, but she got sick. So they sent the tray in. I sent it back out and Mm -hmm. I took the 
picture of tea off, yeah. right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so they said, well, I thought you was going to eat. And I said, no. I said, if D come, I'll eat. Mm-hmm. So I continue on my 40-day fast. Didn't, didn't even know I was fasting. I didn't even know what speaking in tongues was. Right. Mm. But I was doing it. Yeah. Right, right. Right. And so um, make a long story short, after the 40 days, the jail filled back up with some of the same women that mm. were there before my transformation. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Mm-hmm. They come back in the jail. Mm-hmm. And so I'm talking to them through the little little grates. You know, the cells was divided by little dirty grates or whatever mm. in the wall. Mm-hmm. So I'm telling them about my transformation. And now I'm singing church songs. I'm singing the songs of Zion now. Yes. I've come this far by yes. faith, leaning on the Lord. Yes. I'm yes. singing all those songs. And so one lady says to me, she said, well, how do you know what to read? Because they're all amazed because now I'm not cussing. I'm, mm. You know, I got this glow and I'm just loving the Lord. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so I said, well, I just opened my Bible and I just read where it falls. So mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to do it right now. Mm-hmm. So I opened my Bible. And it fell to John chapter three, hmm. and it said, "The wind blows where it wants mm-hmm. to." Come on, so is everyone that's born of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, "I told you, I heard some wind." <laughs> <laughs> right, so, so that was the beginning of the the change in my life, and so they didn't want to keep me. They sent, first they sent a psychiatrist in because they thought I had lost my mind because I'm not eating mm-hmm. and I lost all this weight. Mm-hmm. I'm probably down to like a size one. Oh my! And so they he come in to see if I'm okay. Well, they send me to prison. I hadn't even got sentenced yet, but they didn't want to keep me there because to them I was an animal because mm-hmm. I cussed them out all the time, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But God had changed my life, right. right? Right. So then I get sent to all these minimum security facilities that I wasn't supposed to be at, right? right. But God says to me, He says, I said, hey, I got a 50-year detainer. I'm not supposed to be going to these places. And I heard God speak. He said, shut up. I'm mm-hmm. sending you. Mm-hmm. 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 But before I went, I was in, y'all may remember, the. there was a little young girl named Lori Tackett. They were, remember, there was four girls that burned up a 12-year-old little girl. Was mm-hmm. that up in, like, Gary, Indiana? No, that was, was that the Paula North? Cooper. Huh. Oh, Okay. okay. I don't know Lori, man. <laughs> so Paula Cooper was the ones that um, stabbed the Sunday school yes, teacher. Yes, that's what oh, I was thinking of. Okay, right? so it's not her. And remember that name because that's okay. significant. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, but Lori Tackett now, they burn up. It was four of them. They burnt up a little 12-year-old mm. girl. It was uh, dealing with homosexuality stuff. Well, nobody could go in the room with Lori Tackett, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because everybody that went in her room, she just tormented them. Were those so, the girls that put her in the trunk? Yes. I don't know, because I saw a special about them. It was four Caucasian girls? It was. Okay. Wow. And so they came to me because the guard recognized that I was different. Mm -hmm. She said, well, um, um, Miss Lucas, and my name was Lucas at the time. She said, can we put you in the cell with Lori Tack? And I'm like, well, who is Lori Tack? And I said, yes. Fine with you me. probably didn't have like news or anything, I'm assuming. Right, right, right. So we did, but I hadn't heard heard, anything, right? So when I get in her room, I said, look, little girl. And at the time, I smoked cigarettes. Mm-hmm. I said, look, little girl, you you smoke? She said, yeah. I said, okay. I said, well, first thing you're going to do, you're going to shut that window. And I'll, they couldn't smoke if they were 17 and under. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm grown. Right. So I said, I'll <laughs> give you a cigarette, yeah. mm-hmm. but you're going to shut that window 
and you ain't gonna bother me at all, right? Because I, I still had a little hood in me at this point, right? Ain't that it? <laughs> oh, I can relate. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Renew her, Lord. <laughs> so, anyway, um, and and it was so humbling because I remember one day I smelled something in her cell, and I'm like, "What is that smell?" I said, "Open your locker." So she opened it, and she had all these dirty underclothes, right? Because mm. she hadn't been taught. What to do. Right. And so. How old was she? 17. Okay. And so me, now that I love the Lord, I love people. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. I didn't love them before, but I loved everybody now. Right. Mm -hmm. So I said, take all that stuff out of there. And I knew it was God because I washed all of her stuff with my own hands. Mm. Wow. Scrubbed them. Right. That's love. Okay. That's love. That's because we say her like, mm, I don't yeah. think I would have did that. Yeah. Okay, the Lord ain't did that to me yet. <laughs> <laughs> and so after some days passed, I was like, look, I'm ready to go because we was in orientation. I said, I don't want to stay up here forever mm-hmm. with her. So y'all need to do something, but I need to move on. Mm-hmm. So while she was gone one day, they moved me, right? And so... Then she, I found out later she had slit her wrist because she wow. was just upset because they had moved me. Wow. Right? Wow. Because the love of God, come to find out, she came from a Pentecostal home, mm. used to blow the sacks mm. in a Pentecostal church, UPC. What? Right? And so she recognized the power sure. of the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did. Right? Right. So I left there, and and still I'm telling them, so they send me to Summit Farm. Well, now God's ordering my steps. I can't, I don't know my Bible, but I can hear God, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I could hear him, but I had never really read his word. Mm-hmm. And so they send me down to Summit Farm, and again, it's a minimal facility. And I said, I'm not supposed right. to be here. right. And they, God again says, yeah, shut, shut up. up. Mm-hmm, he said, mm-hmm. I want you to pray this place closed. Ooh. I mm-hmm. said, oh, okay. <laughs> so every night I'd get down on my knees and I would say, Lord, rise us up out of here. Man. Mm. And I was, and you know, I'm, I'm dumb. I didn't, I didn't know Deuteronomy 29, 29 at that time that said the things that are revealed to you belong to you, mm-hmm. but the secret things belong to God. Sure. Mm-hmm. So I'm telling everybody, we leaving here. Right. Mm. I'm telling the guard. Yeah, yeah. We, we leaving. We're we getting about here. <laughs> this one guard, Mr. Mack from Gary, we was up in LaPorte, Indiana. Okay. And he said, where you going, Lucas? Where you going? The prisons is overcrowded. I said, I don't know, but we leaving leaving. here. We getting up out of here. And so after about three months of praying that prayer, Lord, rise us up out of here. They came and pulled us all in the dining room one day, and it was so wicked in that place. Mm. They was doing everything under the sun up in there. Mm. And um, they called us in the dining room, and they said, we have 21 days to get y'all out of here. This place is closing. Mm. Mm. Wow. wow. That's some power. That was God. Yeah. Yes. And so, go ahead. Can I ask, Uh huh. what year were you in prison when you were born again? Like, was this year five? You know, like, at what point did God speak to you? No, I hadn't even went to prison yet. Oh, my gosh. I was in jail. <laughs> yeah. So you hadn't even been sentenced or none of that. I hadn't been sentenced. Even when I was going from prison to prison, I hadn't been sentenced yet. Good Lord. So then you still had 13 more years to serve after that? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So when they they closed Summit Farm, it was whoever's number came up. Well, my number hadn't came up yet. So they, they ended up taking me back to Lafayette for jury trial. 
uh-huh. for the dealing in okay. cocaine. So okay. I hadn't been sentenced yet. I hadn't started my mm-hmm. sentence. Right. They got me out of jail because they thought I was a monster. Yeah. Right. Mm. So they was holding me in prison, mm-hmm. but I hadn't been sentenced yet. Yeah. Wow. So how long was that process? Just the holding part. That was from I. Uh, I actually turned myself in in October of 1991 mm-hmm. I found out they had a warrant for my arrest and that was all God because something just said don't run mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I turned myself in yeah. mm-hmm. now after I got in jail I said what right. have you done right. <laughs> why would I do that why would I do that <laughs> yeah. so but um, so from October to May of the next year uh-huh. 1992 I was in prison but had not been sentenced wow so this is when you found Jesus again. You know, you meet this Lori girl. Not again. This is my first time. First time. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So you, you, then you meet this Lori girl, like all this is between October to May. Right. And you still ain't starting the sentence yet. I'm, I'm still, thinking this is all during the sentence. No, right? no. This is Lord, before. So I leave uh-huh. Summit Farm and go back to Lafayette for jury trial. Mm-hmm. And so um, I went to jury trial and it was my best friend that had been my friend for 23 years. That was my confidential informant. Mm. So she was the one that um, testified against me, Hmm. who I ended up leading to Christ one year later. Wow. Stop it. Listen. (laughs) Listen. And that is how she's here. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And so. Wow. You know, just through a whole lot to answer your question, how am I here? I am here because of the grace yes. of God. Come yes. on. So God. what, and I want to make sure, you know, we have enough questions due to the time. So, you know, we're, we're just going to fast forward. So you've gotten out of prison, you served your sentence. So then how did you go from, you know, getting your, your master's, your MBA, and now you work, you know, at a major corp- corporation? How did you manage third to major third major corporation? Yes. So how did you manage, you know, the aftermath? Because I watch a lot of special, listen to a lot of podcasts, and they say mm. the system keeps you down. You know, right. you can't get loans, you can't get housing, you can't get jobs. So how right. did you right. manage? How did you beat it? How yeah. did you right. defeat this? So, um, again, by the grace of God, favor, right, and, <laughs> and right, and that's one of the books I'm writing is for we walk by faith and not by sight, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because it's really all what you believe that you can have. Yeah. And I believe that I can have the world. Mm-hmm. Come on. Because my daddy made the world. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because he's my daddy, then I can have what I want. Yeah. 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 No longer bound. That's why we called Come it on. that. Right? I can have what I want. Yeah. yeah. And so literally, um, okay, so nobody had ever received clemency, but God had told me I was going to get it. Wow. Right? the first to receive it in the state, correct? And the only. The on- first and only? Yes. Lord, have mercy. First and only. <laughs> first, no, but none before me, none after wow. me. Wow. Yeah. Right? Man. Really? Yes. Man. Yeah. <laughs> look, look, yeah, this, look, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, I'm sorry. Okay, so... In 2005, and I have, I should have brought it with me. I had it at home. The Lord speaks to me. I can hear him real yeah. good. And I pick up my pen. I literally keep a pen and paper by my bed. Because mm-hmm. when he says, pick up your pen and write, I write. Mm-hmm. So in February 28th of 2005, the Lord told me he was going to send me home. Mm-hmm. And he told me a lot of things. Yeah. February 28th, 2006, I walked out of prison. 
Ooh. to the day, Ooh. one year later. That's some power. And I'm just amazed at the power that you had to to retain all this. You know what I'm saying? Right, <laughs> like, right. I think I was, I'm sure you probably felt weak at times and everything like that, you know, throughout mm-hmm. the 13 years. How did you maintain you know, your relationship with Christ and maintain that faith. Because I think I just lose faith after a week of frustration at my Man. job. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm trying to, like, prison? Listen, yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, you know that. what? <laughs> I, I had always said that if I ever gave my life to Christ, it would be forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I had, the Bible talks about we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, right? Mm-hmm. I had some good witnesses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had my grandparents. I had my aunts. And on my mom's side, there's a lot of living witnesses. Yeah. Some gone on to be with the Lord, some still living. And I never seen them live a garbage can life. Yeah. Right. So I said, whenever I do it, it's going to be forever. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so when I was going through the prison, of course, now I was the drug dealer. So most of the people knew me. Mm-hmm. And they knew, they, they used to call me Bonnie and Clyde on the street. Mm-hmm. What? And so they they knew they knew my background they knew the before and that then they could see the after because mm. the Bible says that we are living epistles read of all men yeah mm-hmm. and so when I got to prison and they said come on come on can't play some cards I said I don't play cards no more right mm. I said I don't I don't do that anymore yeah. I don't I don't play cards anymore and so I just really 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 begin to dig into God and God just he he would come and talk to me and I mean I would see clouds in my room because if you had 36 years or more you had your own private room wow good lord I guess that's you didn't have no roommate that a luxury life (laughs) in prison that's a luxury (laughs) so you didn't have no roommate Mm -hmm. and so I had my own private room so I had plenty of time to talk to God and he had plenty of time to talk to me Mm -hmm. right and so when I came home, after they granted me clemency, and nobody thought it would happen, mm-hmm. even the parole board that interviewed me, that recommended clemency, said, don't get your hopes up high. Because mm-hmm. yep. it's never happened, happened before. Yeah. Happened. Right. And I said, okay, but God. But right. God. Mm. But God. Yeah. You know, mm. and when you go to the board, they talk to you so raw. Well, you did this, and you did that. And mm-hmm. I said, yeah, but God. I did all that. Yeah, but God. But you're positioned for purpose. He was positioned right. for purpose. But Come God. Mm-hmm. But God. And that's what I was saying. I wasn't trying to defend myself. I said, but God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is who I am today. But yeah. God. And so when I came home, I came home February 26, 2006, and five days later, I was working for the state of Indiana. Wow. Count, counting all their money. <laughs> Shut up. I yeah, right. <laughs> Oh my God! In the county, hey. in their county department. How? Like, <laughs> I have, well, just kind of one more additional question, and I want you to share with everyone. You know, things you're working on, and okay. you know, books and things like that. So, what would you tell women who are in prison now and are saying, you know, I've been praying, I've gotten saved, but mm-hmm. I don't see any hope. Yeah. You know, what, what would you tell them when they feel like they've been doing all the right things, like you? Well. I would say examine yourself. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're in the faith. Mm-hmm. Because God can't lie. Yeah. And he can do all things but fail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
right? And he said, no good thing will I withhold from them that walk up right before me. Mm. And you can't see yourself. I used to say, you know, there's a story that says there was two people that looked through bars, right? One saw bars and one saw stars. Mm. So it's how do you see yourself? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember I was going for a job interview and my husband, they offered me, and it was for another major corporation, they offered me a salary. I said, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. And my husband said, are you crazy? <laughs> right. <laughs> and so the lady said, now, you know, if you turn this down and they don't accept your counter offer, yeah. that's, that's it. it. Right. There's no more offers. Mm-hmm. Right. I said, okay, but this is my offer. Right. I worked hard. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. I earned this. Yeah. And my daddy said, I can have what I want. Right. Mm. So she called back 24 hours later and said, they said, they okay. Yep. Wow. Come yeah. on. So she's got to stay in that faith. Kim, this has been awesome. Amazing. Uh, like, awesome. You and I no think this idea. even relates to women who just feel mentally bound, emotionally yeah. bound. Yeah. Not necessarily like, even in a prison behind mm-hmm. bars. So before we go, I know you're working on books. You know, tell us everything that you, you have going on. Okay. So right now, um, yep, I'm working on two books. Okay. One book is already wrote. Okay. And it's called What Do You Do When You're Hated on the Inside and Out? Mm. And so right now it's, it's with the editor mm-hmm. and a publisher. So that book is about um, when you give your life to the Lord and you're hated by the world because you're no longer of the world. Yep. Then you're hated by saints because mm-hmm. you're going higher. Mm-hmm. And they've been in church 20 years right. and they stuck like Chuck. Uh, yeah, buddy. So, <laughs> yeah, buddy. Elevation haters. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so what do you do when you're hated on the inside and yeah. out, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it all points back to prayer. Mm. It goes back to you just pray. Yeah. It, yeah, everything yeah. is done through prayer. Every you can do nothing unless you go back to prayer. Right. Even Jesus had to pray. Right. That's right. Even mm-hmm. he would depart and pray. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And remember what he said when they said, "Where did you get those wounds? Mm. Did you get them from Mary the alcoholic or mm-hmm. Sally the prostitute? Mm-hmm. Or what about Nate mm-hmm. the homosexual? Did, mm-hmm. you, is they, did they do it? He hung his head and said, "Nope." I got it in the house of my friends. Right? Mm. right? Yeah. yeah. But what did he do? He resorted to prayer. Yep. That's right. And so that's what that book is about. Okay. The other book was actually inspired by my mentor, Donna Akers. Mm. She said, you got to write a book about all these miracles. Yeah. Yeah. So this book is called, For We, We Being My Husband and I, For We Walk by Faith and Not by Sight. Okay. And the subtitle is A Book of Miracles. Wow. Mm. Will these books be on Amazon for people to purchase? Yes. Okay. Nice. Yes. So you've heard it here first. Okay. I'm going to get us some copies. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'd be sending you books. She'll never read them. I've sent I her know. like two, three Are books. Are you kidding me? I've read one. Stop. One of the three. Oh, okay. Thank you, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> we really appreciate you being here. This is awesome. This really has been amazing. This, this is starting to change my life. Yeah, this has yeah. changed Amen. my whole perspective. Amen. Man, yeah. this, I needed this. Yeah. I needed to hear this. So wow. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We yes. appreciate you again being here, and we will catch y'all next week. Peace out.